Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. In today's episode, just because something happens, does it mean it was meant to be? It's a simple question that requires a complex answer that leads us to the Akashic Records, the nature of free will and destiny, passion path, how we're here to cultivate beauty, bounty, and meaning, and much, much more. It's a fascinating conversation that resolves some age-old existential questions that apply to all of us in very practical ways. I remind you, as always, to please listen to this podcast from the beginning and in order, especially this episode. It uh, builds on some of the things we've laid down already in previous episodes. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Greetings and welcome to another installment. I heard a podcast recently use the word installment. It was a little less performative than episode, I thought. It's an installment. It's an installation. Here it is. Boom. Uh, Nice. I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Installment. It's like there's a bunch of words you can use for that and none of them are exactly right. So that's right. Let's spend the next 30 minutes pondering the best possible word to describe what an episode is. <laughs> let's not. How about when I was growing up, we would, we had a phrase, let's not and say we did. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. That made it that? into my remember generation. From the yeah. East. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. You could say like, hey, let's go ride bikes. Let's not and say we did. And it was yeah. kind of like a snub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a throwaway, uh, um, nonchalant uh way of uh, not being seemingly too attached to something you know? right yes which so. we could trace back to eastern transcendentalism shortly if we wanted to but we're not going <laughs> to do that uh, before we no. get into no god gosh i am the arbiter of rabbit holes here i will decide which rabbit holes we go down well you're the producer that's right. yes that's what the producer of this show gets to do it says green lights or red lights any possible rabbit hole yes um uh, one thing I definitely want to uh, make sure I mention is, uh, I, I wish I'd done it sooner, was to um, uh, acknowledge Eric Grace. That's Eric with a C. Grace spelt like it sounds. Uh, he's a, uh, a friend of identity, we could say. And uh, Eric has been doing some really cool work in the Clubhouse app. So if you're interested in getting more exposure to identity ways of thinking and whatnot, uh, you, Stace, and Eric have been doing an identity series for at least a month now. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to say anything about what's there already and what there's going to be? Yeah, we've um, Eric has uh, been doing uh, Clubhouse classes, I guess, from for for anywhere from forty to a hundred uh, folks on personhood, sagehood, and sainthood—the three main categories of Dharma for identity. And he does a class on it, uh, the, the, and the class revolves around uh, the new book, *The Heart of Soul*, uh, mm-hmm. same name as uh, the series mm-hmm. that has this. Less than 100 pages, which for me is a personal best. (laughs) Everything in under 100 pages, uh, three chapters only, personhood, sagehood, and sainthood. So he goes through each chapter in those three uh, separately. And then then he does a uh, follow-up clubhouse with me once a month where um, people can ask me more about what he covered in the last hood, so to speak. Cool. So it's, yeah, it's really yeah, it's all audio, of course, on Clubhouse, and it's good. 
Yeah, and so there's been some uh, crossover audience things happening. I, I feel foolish to have not thought of that uh, sooner, but you can find him on Clubhouse via his name, Eric Grace. You can also search for uh, the name of his club there is called The Holy Human. That's W-H-O-L-L-Y, Holy Human Club on Clubhouse. Uh, and you probably could search identity as well and find him. So I wanted to mention that, and I'll mention that from time to time. We're, uh, he invited me to be part of the soul species conversation on September yes. 10. Yes. And I think this is going to publish right around there. We're, we're recording this on August 26. So uh, that's going to be fun. And we'll probably do a soul species uh, thing here eventually. But today we're talking about one of my most favorite questions that I'm really excited uh, that you teased last time. And that is, uh, I'll try to get it right. Does everything is just because something happened, does it mean it was meant to be? Which is, of course, an idea whose origins, I'm sure you're going to tell us where they came from. I could certainly make some guesses. But they have trickled down into New Age spirituality in ways that um, sometimes are revelatory and spacious and other times profoundly transcendent of uh, bad things. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nicely put as usual. Nicely put as usual. So where do we start with this? Well, let's see. Maybe the door that comes to the hole in my face here first uh, uh, would say that um, for ages and ages, of course, we've had um, oracles and um, readers uh, and uh, pro- uh, what's the pro- prognosticators Oh yes. uh, try to plumb the depths of... Um, why something has happened or will happen uh, to a person. And uh, so uh, this is a time-honored um, uh, domain of spirituality, would fall into sainthood category um, for identity yeah. uh, because it's, uh, it's in relationship, uh, there's a relatedness domain with divine beings um, domain. Uh, it's substantive. Uh, so it would be it wouldn't be in the sage, of course, which is pre-dual, non-dual, trans-dual. Um, this is substantive uh, relatedness that there's a, some sort of fabric or um, a, a being uh, within which information is stored and shareable from the divine to the diviner here uh, with their feet Ooh, on the. I never thought about that the, connection: the divine and the diviner. That div- the diviner is somehow like at effect yes. of the divine mm-hmm. exactly right yeah um that that terms of course has been used in um and dowsing too quite a bit uh for looking for water yeah. but we're looking for manna from heaven <laughs> with a diviner oracle um, and so this question is in the background all the time maybe how that information is certainly verifiable by thousands and thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people over the ages that there are people who are sensitive to gathering such information. And so, but in the background, there's this interesting assumption. Uh, uh, um, if, if the information is there to read about what has happened, is happening now, or is going to happen, what does that mean? How, how is that information in the divine being arrayed? Or and how is it gottenable? And what's the principle upon which information um, is, mm. is, is, is gleaned from the divine to the human? Mm-hmm. It's a. I, this is something that occurred to me years ago, and it's uh, been fascinating for me. And so we start in that in that semi meta context. We start with the akashika, 
that's the, how identity refers to what's called out there, the Akashic records, uh, which is um, the uh, divine um, Dr. Google, more or less, uh, with an infinite amount of servers uh, uh, that <laughs> allows every inch uh, um, and every moment of the human experience in Earth recorded in some way. Uh, uh, and categorized mostly by the soul signature of, of, of a human being's experience. So someone who can read, uh, go to the file of someone asks me to do a read, I, they give me permission to go to the Akashika. Um, I, I won't go there unless uh, I'm given permission directly. And uh, once they give me that, uh, I've got a, a platinum card uh, to the Akashika and I can pretty much um, get a read on a, a person's historical soul narrative and earth uh, from first incarnation on. So it makes for some really interesting background questions like, okay, so let's say a diviner says, um, be careful around the 5th uh, of September, you may run into a person who may be your mate, be on the lookout. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that, that, that begs the question, does everything that happens or doesn't happen, is it meant to happen and meant to not happen? How does the, how does the dice roll, uh, 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 like Einstein said, uh, mm. God rolls the dice, uh, or God doesn't roll the dice. Sorry, Einstein doesn't play dice with the universe, yes. he said. Um, so this is the, the, the general framework for the conversation today. But before we, uh, nicely framed, Stace, thank you for that. Before we dive into that, I just feel moved to step back and, and bring just a little context in here. I think about this a lot, how... You know, in the historical record, we have at least as far back as the Old Testament, which is like 500 BC or something, mm -hmm. there were prophets. You know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Yeshua the Nazarene was just one of them. Before that, there was Noah and Jeremiah and I Isaiah. Isaiah, yeah. Ezra. Um, yeah. yeah, and Muhammad, of course, is held as a prophet. And um, But then somewhere along the way, we stopped using the word prophet to describe these people who were like, this is what's been happening, this is what's happening now, and this is what should be happening, which is basically what a prophet says, or this is what's going to happen if you don't knock it off. Mm -hmm. And then they became <laughs> sort of like reformers or something. But like, I don't know, but maybe it was like the separation of church and state that started to happen, and we're like, the prophet archetype has been sort of squeezed out of society and they're seen as snake oil salesmen now, but mm -hmm. Martin Luther King was a prophet, yes. um, but we would never use that term as a society to describe them. JFK had a, the prophet archetype. Yes, he um, did. And, um, but so now like people who would deign to say like, uh, this is what's going to happen either on a societal level or to an individual is seen as, you know, someone who's trying to get your credit card number uh, and blow a bunch of smoke up your butt to get their 120 bucks or whatever. And certainly there are many people who do that, but I think there's not an appreciation in our society for um, like that tradition, like you talked about the, the Oracle at Delphi, which goes back to ancient Greece. Like this is a thing, like you could go to the, uh, you know, the uh, cobbler to get your shoes fixed and you could go to the Oracle to get a sense of, you know, when to plant your seeds this coming <laughs> spring. Like yes. they were functions in society, and it's it's mm -hmm. been uh, sadly, I think, edged out. I guess because of the domination of science, maybe as a paradigm. Sure, uh, and, and there's another dimension too for me. Um, the 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 term prophet, as soon as the ph got turned to an f, 
uh, in, in, the, in, in that word. Profit for profit. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of the dimensions of the erosion of the profit archetype. Uh, in the modern day, it's um, so much hucksterism that way. Um, whether it's uh, looking up your family tree or looking at a at the daily horoscope, um, it's just uh, it's just a mess out there. Uh, yeah. Of uh, because just about everything what has been uh, in our historical narrative spiritual has been monetized and consumerized yeah. uh, in the modern day. And so, how do you sort how do you sort through with that? I I, I charge um, uh, uh, my time uh, very inexpensively compared to some folks mm-hmm. um, for a read uh, that way, but it's it's how the person holds it. Um, it's either if you don't hold it in the sacred embodiment that it's meant to, uh, as part of the divine, uh, as a diviner of the divine, uh, then you're going to devolve. Um, by um, by default to monetization and consumerism about it, mm-hmm. but to have those to hold it sacred, not just say you believe you hold it sacred, but to actually embody the sacredness of it is a whole other dynamic. Which is why the prophet um, uh, uh, archetype has got has got to be recast in the modern day in a different yeah. a different framework. Mm-hmm. So out of the a, prophet with an F. Um, yes arena that's super interesting yeah because yeah. A, a true prophet is serving the divine yes. not uh, their own economics uh, and how to put those together of course is a tricky subject but yes especially in identity uh where it says that the personal is spiritual yes. but the but the in, in essence but but in our conditioning and form and expression the personal doesn't resonate very well with the with the with the divine the sacred but in its essence, it does. And the only reason we have such a strange and troubled world is that no one's ever helped us be conditioned to how the essence of the personal is absolutely spiritual. There's no difference between the personal and the spiritual in essence, mm-hmm. only in form and expression. And then only because of malconditioning and uh, profiteering with both the pH and the F and the effect of uh, religion and its myopia about divinity. It's gotten a, a bad name, so to speak. Yeah, and then you add into it the evolution of subjectivism, where there's this sort of teenage independence of, like, I create my own reality. Nobody can tell me what my future is. That is right. starkly independent of the divine. Uh, I create yes. my own uh, free will, which I'm sure we're going to get into, and uh, blame <laughs> John Stuart Mill for uh, setting us on a path of some things but thank god for john yeah thank god but we're we're very much away from that that nobody can tell you what your destiny is uh maybe it doesn't even exist there is no objective reality all of that is thrown um sure. profit uh, uh the archetype into a negative territory that's some sort of yeah. domination so in that sense what our topic is today is looking for the operating algorithms for how oracleism works uh-huh. and and how and its effect on uh, on human consciousness and in our picture of things of course uh, this is no um, uh, uh, um, false reality this is the living being of divinity moving through humans every day in this at the same moment human beings consciousness move through divinity every day in this whole agri- whole holo- uh, structure of divinity 
So we'll come back to that WH holoarchal uh, description of uh, divinity as part of our talk today, uh, as opposed to hierarchical, as we've had another podcast yeah, uh, or two we about hierarchical. Uh, it's not certainly not hierarchical as the uh, religions have tried to. Oh, teach which it. is what we've instinctively resisted against, right? The church yeah. in you know uh, exactly. medieval Europe, the church. You're not the boss of me anymore. I'm the boss of me. That was a rejection of the hierarchy, which That's threw the right. holoarchy out with the bathwater, which we're saying is the essence of things. Absolutely. So let's let's start off by um, by by at least giving some structure how how it's possible for a human to be a diviner of the divine and give uh, oracular uh, insight or uh, communication to a person who's seeking deeper fonts of knowledge that are outside their purview of the moment. I'm right? s I gotta say, I'm so excited. I've never heard you talk about this and I've heard you talk about a lot of stuff. This is a subject yeah. I've never heard you speak on, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Pulling back the curtain behind how you <laughs> operate. <laughs> More or less, yeah. It's, um. So let's 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 start um, with the raw meat of it first, and then we'll maybe get a little more sophisticated. Since I gave a sophisticated framework, let's let's go to the raw meat on the bone here. Mm -hmm. and that is, um, uh, does everything that happens or doesn't happen is that is it meant to have happened and meant to not have happened? What are the what are the uh, the dynamics at play uh, in in what we might get an intuitive feeling for something and how that may or may not be operative in the divine plenum or the divine uh, uh, plasma. We can use, use that term. Uh, the answer is um, mostly yes. If something, <laughs> something that happens, uh, is it meant to happen? Mostly yes. And there's a whole background that, ex that explains and expands that answer. But we'll go right to the sometimes that it doesn't in that um, in this most dense consciousness domain of divinity that we call the physical universe made of dark energy, dark matter, protons, neutrons, muons, and gluons, quarks, and quarks whatever. Oh, quarks. Oh, there's a lot more smaller, a lot part of oh, yes. quarks right. now. The quark. Yeah. Um, that's this whole universe, not just the earth, but everything in this um, matter and energy based uh, uh, um, universe. Uh, and, and that is uh, shit happens. Uh, uh, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Shit happens as a governing <laughs> dynamic of the universe. Write that yes. down. In the, in the happenstance of things, um, uh, in the same way a physicist can can parse uh, a beam of light and in one way measure it as a particle and another as a, uh, a bolt of energy, uh, a beam, uh, it, uh, it depends on your orientation um, that way. There are a lot of unpredictables in this dense a domain. Uh, entropy is one of them. And we could also probably do an interesting podcast on the entropy inherent in consciousness. Oh, boy. Uh, 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 mm -hmm. but entropy uh, plays havoc with the best laid plans. And the first thing to say about that is um, just because we set up, for example, um, a date uh, pre-life uh, with a soulmate to um, intersect our world line, let's say at age 27. Um, and you both agree, both souls agree to do that. And then you set up all of the situation ahead of time to do that. Many times I'll see uh, for people when they're looking for a read, is there a mate for me in this world? I'll, I'll see yes or no, and I'll get lots of details about it. 
But but the thing is, is that for that to happen, the soul intention has to translate patently or transparently to the conditioned consciousness of the person with the feet on the ground. And uh, there's a ton, an, in, an uncountable amount of, um, of, of uh, uh, effects that conditioning can do to make you completely opaque to that um, uh, uh, intention and goal, especially when there's two involved. So yeah. what, that mean, what that means is that even if it's unconscious, opaque means even if it's, un, if it's unconscious, it, even though it's unconscious in the normal, uh, if a person is not opaque to it, their consciousness has some fluidity to it. It doesn't matter if it's unconscious, it's going to come through. The person will make choices, not know they're making choices to be in front of the, uh, or on top of the Empire State Building. Uh, Tom Hanks will be on top of the uh, uh, Empire State Building to meet Meg Ryan in, um, in uh, that wonderful rom-com at the same time. And so uh, uh, that may or may not happen de depending on whether or not both partners, for example, make choices that optimize that that meeting uh, 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 at age 27. A lot of shit can happen in between then. If the mother or father of either of the of the uh, uh, would-be partners um, overdoes their um, shadow-based um, unconscious ways of parenting, it could close off the ability for the person to be wired up enough with that promise in the soul to wind up making choices that end up there. So often I've had to do a read for someone who just knows their partner is here on the planet and they never showed up. And mm -hmm. I can see, and I can feel that. And I can feel that the other person opted out for a lesser, they, they, they got, they got what they settled for mm -hmm. to meet your, your, your soulmate, uh, which is a pretty important thing. Um, uh, both have to optimize <laughs> their consciousness conditioning such that their unconscious can speak to their conscious in ways in the background. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. So I, I think it goes without saying that you can't really talk about this stuff without addressing the free will versus, uh, mm -hmm. you know, fatalistic divine plan kind of question. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that because the reason it's important to framework an identity that this is part of sainthood is that in in the in our historical narrative with saintly um, teachings, it's either God's way or the highway. Uh, there's no latitude. Uh, uh, Christianity and Islam are good examples of this, and they comprise a pretty big share of religionism these days. Two and a um, half billion people or so, right? Uh, yeah, um, and so. Uh, the whole teaching in both ends is to um, break that stiff neck of, of, of human resistance that wants to do their will and submit it utterly, utterly to Allah or to God or to Jesus, which is even worse. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, uh, that, that whole uh, orientation, of course, is completely false. Uh, anyone who gets... To swimming in the divine plasma learns that early on that all of that is just projection from pre-psychological and pre-philosophical uh, consciousness times so in identity this is where the, the 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 will issue comes in because in identity a true saintly relatedness with divinity isn't about submitting your will 
It's about sharing your will with mm, divine nice. being. Uh, we are fractal consciousness children of divinity. There's no way a good parent um, uh, would want to run the lives of their kids. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, An as below, so above thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so uh, as Gibran uh, said uh, that um, uh, good parents um, are like the bows and uh, 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 and uh, the children are the arrows mm. and shoot children uh, uh, out into the world uh, independent of them as opposed to shooting a, an arrow with a string on it that uh, so one moment gets taught and falls to the ground and gets dragged back to the parent or to the shooter. You see, uh, setting your children free, liberating them into life is, uh, is the only way to do emotively mature parenting. Same principle here with uh, the honchos, uh, 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 the, the, the center of the holoarchy. Uh, never would it ever wish its fractal expressions to be governed by its will for them. And this is a tricky one because its will for them is only and ever our will that we set up ahead of time yeah. and ask divine being to help implement. This is the true nature of these things. It's all driven by what we want to do in any one lifetime. That's the soul eye piece. The soul missing. eye, mm -hmm. yes. The soul eye hasn't yet been conditioned into a certain framework of the mind eye uh, um, before birth, of course. Uh, and so it has, it's free and clear to make choices that have echoes from the past and projections into the future uh, positively, trying to alchemize negative outcomes in the past where um, where the soul did not express in the ways it was intending to do in that life and how to auto-correct that for the future. So this is, in a lot of cases, then people are actually playing victim to their own soul eyes choices that they're not embracing and yes. blaming life or God or circumstances or whatever when actually they chose to get into that difficult situation precisely to work what they're having to work as a result of it. Yes. So back to the point of will, uh, that, that's the, the whole idea of personal will has to versus, be recast. Yeah, it's a fa the false dichotomy of personal versus divine will, which exactly is set right. up already. Yeah. We set it up ourselves. Now we've got soul guides and divine being, if we're depending on the relationship we have with divine being, uh, if our relationship with divine being isn't, um, there's no atheists in a foxhole where, <laughs> where we only go to God uh, when we're in crisis, um, instead of it being the ongoing, every moment companion of your life. Um, uh, uh, if you have that already set in your soul field relationship, um, you've got all sorts of guidance possible from, from the, the whole span of divinity to help inform your choices for any one life. Mm -hmm. But it's our will in conjunction with divine being. God's will for or divine being's will for all of us is unfoldment, unfoldment into what we truly are. That's that's the basic algorithm, unfoldment into what we truly are. And our will either inhibits or supports that clean and integrous unfoldment. What that means, where rubber meets the road, and because this is the Joseph show, um, <laughs> always has to be applicable and can't stay in the clouds, which I love <laughs> about him. Um, 
That is that we all set up ahead of time. This is still context. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting there, I promise. Mm-hmm. We all set up our life with an A, B, and C destiny. Uh, a is number one, uh, where all the majority of the two or three or four incarnational imperatives that we set up become uh, unfolded in the human and express our, our life choices and decisions. B destiny, well, maybe 60, 70, 60% uh, of them get uh, handled and C destiny, maybe 40%. These are all set up ahead of time by us. Uh, sometimes we do ask though, uh, for, for a guide to set them up for us, uh, not tell us. And um, so we're exploring a whole new landscape we didn't expect to set up. Those are exciting lifetimes, I'll tell you. Uh, that doesn't happen that often. But I would say one out of every 30 lives we choose, uh, we ask them to roll the dice for us. And maybe we wind up as, uh, as a shaman in the Amazon, or maybe we wind up as Bill Gates. Uh, oh, wait, they're about the same level, I think, uh, just in different domains. Hmm. That was a joke. Uh, so uh, um, I don't know if I got it, but I'll think about a, it. A, B, a, B, and C destinies uh, that we set up, and then we ask. And here's the second dimension to this, which a lot of oracles aren't even aware of that I've met. Um, you ask divine being three levels of enforcement of that. Oh, you can you can ask divine being, show me oh, no man. quarter. Um, I want to be able to walk the earth and feel that I am on path or off path at any moment. I want you to really turn the screws on me here and completely squash any choice that I make um, uh, that's off path for my A destiny. So is how or, straight and narrow one's path oh, ends up. Oh man, right, absolutely. And this is one where you're walking a high wire. Uh, basically, because any misstep, you go off path and you feel it as such. This uh-huh. was what I, what I set up this lifetime, for example, for myself. Show me no quarter. Um, collapse my whole world if it's a major step out of my A destiny. This is unusual. Not many souls do that very often. Uh, they will, Most of the time they do a B version or a C version is um, I have to learn how to feel my own way through what my healthy needs and wants are. So, you know, give me some latitude, make it, make it, uh, give me, give me a, 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 a destiny path that's, well, let's say 10 meters wide uh, instead of 10 inches uh, like mine. Um, give me one that's 10 meters wide and a C, a C um, uh, enforcement dynamic is one about 100 meters wide where you get a haul, all sorts of uh, chances to meander in a wider uh, uh, choice path and decision path. Yeah, that it was as soon as you brought up the topic that my immediate thought was like, oh, I, I think I chose the same level of accountability. And it seems that the older I get, the narrower, narrower it becomes. Uh, oh, that's beautiful that you you took you are, you took away another topic, or mm-hmm. you brought it sooner. That's exactly right, Joseph. Younger souls um, almost always are, even if they request them. Like oh, I uh, meant, older this life, but that's true well, too, of course. Oh, yeah. and, and older this life, but it's also because elder souls. The more experience you've got going around the block here, the the tighter you want. Because your choices yeah. and uh, of what you want to set up in our life have become so informed by hundreds of lifetimes, uh, you 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 don't you want to get down to business here and not waste any time. 
Whereas when we're younger souls, you've got eternity uh, to mess around. Yeah, it's sort of like a, the the um, an athletic coach for a five year old is going to um, be very different than an athletic coach for someone who wants to go to the Olympics. You know, it's yes, like it's exactly it's right. Same sport, very different uh, ways of relating sure. to it. So whether or not you um, distilled this from this last few minutes of discussion about ABC and Dest ABC destinies. There is no such thing as free will versus destiny. It's always a co-creation. You set up the destiny and you have free will to uh, uh, actuate it, uh, maximize, optimize it or not. It's uh, so, it's, I mean, it's, it, you say it simply, I just want to highlight like that idea is dependent on like three or four episodes we've already done. And uh, that that's so interesting. The existence of the soul eye, the self as sacred, um, mm -hmm. the false dichotomy between the divine and the self. Like there's so much metaphysics that that's dependent on. Uh, uh, and yeah. and that's precisely why in our world we have this free will, free will versus everything yes. ideas, yes. because we don't actually take responsibility for our own soul direction. Exactly. Free will is sinful uh, yes. in, the, uh, in the most distilled conservative teachings of religionism. Uh, ego is the problem, uh, whether it's even in Western religion, uh, Islam or, um, or, or Christianity. Uh, free will is where the devil gets us, uh, uh, Satan gets us most directly. Uh, it wants our soul to eat for eternity. Yes, it tempts us with our own self-interest, which is, of course, the problem, right? It exactly tempts us right. to indulge our self-interest. Exactly. And this all goes back to Adam and Eve, which, because Islam and Christianity are connected through Abraham, um, uh, it echoes forward in both of those tracks, uh, yeah. religious tracks, that Adam and Eve's choice was off path for what God's will wanted them to do. Um, and of course, we recast the entire <laughs> Adam Eva myth uh, the other way around. That uh, uh, Adam, metaphorically now, uh, thought this was a test by God uh, to um, see what they would do uh, about saying, "Don't eat of the tree of knowledge. Don't eat of the tree, especially of self knowledge, because yeah." And so. The divine uh, autumn thought this was, um, oh, we better. I, I think, I think it's testing us. This is all metaphor now. Uh, and Eva is the one that said, Man up, bud, come on, uh, eat of the tree of knowledge here. Let's let's chew on that apple because divine being wants us to unfold ourselves. And and autumn was just like, Well, I don't know, I don't know, I guess I, we should do that. And the true, the, the truer dynamic here was that Eva wasn't the temptress that created original sin, Eva, Eva was the one that wanted to liberate us into God's true will, and that is to unfold ourselves as fractal versions of itself. Mm -hmm. So that entire dynamic of free will versus destiny is one of the, one of the worst hoaxes, lies, um, misinformations, malconditionings, whatever word you want I just, to use. I just got to underline again, because for, for people who haven't necessarily studied philosophy or gone into like comparative religion kind of thing, Stace is making it look really easy to cr create a coherent, compelling model that resolves a question that professional teachers, academes, 
I mean, this is a millennia old question. No one, as far as I know, has ever created a coherent model, just mentally coherent, much less testable or experienceable, right. that resolves this. It's another version of the self versus other false dichotomy that we talked about yes. already. Absolutely right. That and, and actually, that that God, God is not calling shots. No. It just creates space for us to direct ourselves within the basic edict of unfold to yourself, find your own truth. And then we as souls go, okay, here's how I'm going to do that. And then we go, oh, why is God so cruel to me when this, you know, my wife leaves me or I get fired or whatever. And actually you probably set that up so that yes. you would have to look at the shit that came out of it. Exactly right. And another clever way using clever use of words, uh, the self versus other uh, di uh, dichotomy or, or falsehood, as you just referenced, when it comes to destiny, it's a self versus self uh, issue. Mm. Uh, what 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 criteria or rubric are we going to use? What principles are we going to choose to base our choices and decisions on? Um, that is between us and us, and we all have shadows from malconditioned parenting, malconditioned societies, malconditioning um, from religions. And, uh, and sciences uh, as to what is the primacy of the reason we're all on earth, blah, blah, blah. But, but it's between us and us. Our destiny is between us and us, not technically between us and divinity. We as souls uh, who uh, um, uh, uh, pre-exist and post-exist any human incarnation, uh, we're, all, we're all nomads. We're all journeyers uh, of, of truth. Um, and we're looking for how what is can unfold in us, not always to our maximum comfort, but to, <laughs> to our maximum growth. Yeah. And this is another really important thing here in the way the divine plasma works is that it's not about comfort. Um, uh, it's about growth. Uh, the, uh, it's not about happiness or enlightenment. It's about growth. And growth comes in thousands of different forms for thousands of different um, uh, ways of processing reality. So in short, all of this means is that without a, any sort of tension between the will of God and the will of, uh, of ourselves, anytime our will gets abrogated in some way that causes us to feel like a victim or God God um, uh, deserted us, um, or um, this wasn't the deal I signed up for, <laughs> whatever the happenstance in life happens to be, you've got to look in the mirror because um, you set that up uh, uh, for that fall. You set yourself up for that fall to wake you up because you knew with this set of parents inside of that society, inside of that country at this time in the human history arc, you're going to be conditioned to go one way, whereas your soul track is going to tell you to go another way. Uh, this is the vast majority, the template. Um, it always, we have to, we, our, our soul goals for any one lifetime almost always requires at least two or three total reboots away from what we're conditioned to be important. Hmm. My, a good example here myself, uh, my family uh, conditioning, I was supposed to, one of us was supposed to be a doctor, another a dentist, and another one a lawyer. Um, this was never said specifically, but this was in the message behind. 
Um, I was the oldest. Um, I was in, in graduate school for med medical arts and uh, I quit. And that, that, that at age 27 with $30,000 at that time, which is $100,000 now yeah. in student loans, student loans, um, I quit after f five years in. Wow. I was one year away from getting the doctorate, um, wow. uh, what year and a half, uh, the way I had set it up. Not quite two, sorry. Uh, it was 50 years ago. Sorry, it's a little hard. <laughs> um, so um, uh, uh, that was the first thing that I had to make the conscious choice to do. And uh, of course, uh, when I went home um, to inform my parents at that time, at the, at the ripe age of 25 or 26, uh, I, I got a, a, a shot glass of whiskey thrown in my face. Oh, God. And the answer, what, the response was, what are we going to tell our friends? <laughs> oh, right. right. Cause that's yeah. your problem. Yeah. That, oh, man. That's, yeah. And so that choice was either the stupidest thing, according to my, my conditioning, my malconditioning, mm. it was the stupidest thing a man could do. I was the hero of the family. My, uh, neither of my parents went to college. My, my father did a couple of years at a community college, uh, um, but never went to full on university or anything graduate. Uh, so I was this, the hope of the family leading the charge. So I became a ne'er do well. Um, and uh, uh, my next uh, brother became the doctor and my next brother became the lawyer. Mm. And my sister uh, um, was conditioned uh, by, by my parents to be um, a, a stay at home mom kitchen girl mm. um, now she broke out of that too and does her own kind of three um uh, a third eye massage uh, oh, cool. combines third eye and massage um, but she's largely um was affected deeply by that conditioning well so so um all three of my siblings um my sister the least uh didn't make any decision that literally dynamited their so-called yeah. destiny path right i was the only one that dynamited it yep. so i'm the weird uncle kind of guy yeah well you know? that's a good uh yeah. sort of um criterion for when someone does that because when you do make a big step out of your conditioning uh very often maybe almost always one of the proofs of it is that it's highly disapproved of by your parents um my, my yeah my first one i mean otherwise if they supported it then you're most likely inside their conditioning right um mm -hmm. for me it was uh leaving my first long-term relationship in my 20s that on the outside satisfied all the criteria i had ever had heretofore uh mm -hmm. and my parents liked her and it looked functional on all sorts of levels but there was a codependence in it that when i uh worked it it just fizzled out and it was something that i was hungry for um, and it was quite a big struggle in me because uh, there was a, a part of me that would chide me for you're giving up good in search of great. This is stupid. This is ridiculous. What are you what are you looking for? And I I didn't really know. Um, yeah. But there was something in me that just knew I needed to keep going. So these this example of myself and what Joseph just said there, too, is the most brutal um, version of actuating your a destiny where we have to consciously knowing yeah. knowing ahead of time the repercussions sever the main track that we've been conditioned to go on and you know uh, and even though i never really quite understood it now i understand it a little better even though uh, i was the one who ended the relationship i was a wreck for like a year year and a half it was very very difficult um, yeah. precisely i think because it wasn't just about 
losing her, but it was like giving up that whole comfortable path and facing my own destiny. Yeah. And, and because my family, um, uh, money, uh, was, was more important than love. Uh, money was love money and food were love, mm-hmm. uh, in our family, uh, uh, in the way it expressed. So when I broke that, uh, that, 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 uh, covenant with my conditioning, uh, so to speak, I, I became economic driftwood, uh, uh-huh. literally what, so I, my music, which I had been writing for a lot of years uh, on piano and guitar, writing music, that kicked in. And uh, here's another example of it. And this is all rubber on the road stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, totally. Is, uh, after, I, after they made peace with me leaving graduate school, um, and I was knocking around doing bartending and doing a little singing here and there uh, in the, in the, in the um, bar scene, uh, I actually had a show. Uh, I rented an auditorium, and um, uh, it, 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 we had uh, you know drinks and everything there. And uh, it was a sort of a demo, uh, um, a kind of um, coming out, mm-hmm. uh, stand, me standing behind my music as the alternative to the graduate school work ah, mm-hmm. in the medical arts. Invited my parents; they grudgingly came. And uh, we went uh, went out for something to eat afterward. It was went went really well. And uh, <laughs> before we sit down uh, to uh, we get the menus, and the first thing out of my mother's mouth was, "I hope you don't expect us to think that this is to make up for what you uh, chose to uh, quit." Oh. That, that was her first statement Man. out of her mouth. You see, wow. so. Um, as it turns out, um, I didn't wasn't stopped. I kept going another year or two after that, and actually got it offered a recording contract. Uh, and uh, but at that time, you had to put in a couple thousand of your, of your own money to get it started if you were an unknown. But they heard my demo tape, and uh, they really liked it. And uh, so I got to the point of um, uh, uh, a signature uh, uh, of uh, for a recording contract. And then they, before the dotted line, they started saying, well, you know, your, your, your stuff is a lot like Cat Stevens or James Taylor at the time. You know, it's, it's solo guitar or solo piano. And we want to pop it up a little bit. We want you to do this, this, and this, and that, that, and that. And we, we see this kind of background and that kind of production. And um, uh, this was uh, now um, early, uh, um, seven, late, mid, mid-70s and late 70s, early 80s. And of course, you know, the big hair of that time was happening post-disco. And yeah. well, um, when I looked at my bank account, which I, I would have cleared out all my savings, gone zero again if I had done this. And they wanted to you know, also, uh, they liked my name, uh, Stacy at the time, uh, Stacy Barron, that was good. Um, uh, I go by Stace now, which is what I was called as a kid. But uh, it, uh, it, I, I walked away from that too. So I had to walk away from two a very seductive uh, lifestyle type um, life life paths, and I and, and, and neither one at that time did I know what my life path was. Right, you know what it's so not, important. but not you, what it is. Oh, oh, that's the next point I wanted to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're when you give yourself a ten inch a ten inch wide uh, path, uh, uh, um, uh, there's it's merciless because you all you can tell is you have to keep going forward, but but you know, all you can know is the no. No, this is not it. This is not it. And there were so many no's. I did a, a dozens and dozens. Uh, Bree still says, uh, you never told me you did that for a living for a while. I mean, I've got so, <laughs> I had so many jobs. 
um, just to pay the rent and eat and um, and try to figure out feel feel out not figure out what what and how my life was about. Um, I of course in my uh, uh, in my thirties mid thirties there that I, I started to go on the Zen path and for other reasons we've talked about before. But in point of fact, in point of uh, this this podcast theme. You've got to, uh, if you've made yourself that level of um, accountability to your own uh, life plan, and mine was to unfold uh, a new paradigm of the human condition in just about every domain of the human condition that has an opinion. You know, it makes me think of um, the hero's journey. I don't know who actually created that. It's like 12 steps or something. Joseph Campbell wrote a lot about it, but um, I don't know if he actually was the first one to codify it but that's what it sort of sounds like to me it's like when you choose that highest level of accountability you're really putting yourself on that hero's journey path there's no wiggle room the obstacles that are there you have to face and you can't just be like yeah i'm gonna turn that down and have a beer and watch nascar for the next five years (laughs) it's like life just won't let you no no and you know i can i know what you mean by the hero's journey but um it's certainly the real hero's journey, whatever that really means, is hell. Yeah, it's, not, yeah, it's not yeah, a glamorous thing. No, no, no. But no, I didn't think you meant it that way. Yeah. But the but hero's journey is a journey through hell because you have to say no to conditioning. Yeah. Conditioning is in our mind eye version and our body eye version. Um, but the soul eye dances to a different tune. And we're not helped by religion and mostly not by meditation or contemplation, how to hear the music of our soul eye, how to hear the voice of it. Uh, our own soul eye is not our higher self. It is our self. Uh, there, there's no higher and lower here. Uh, our mind-based and body-based eye is our version of our soul eye here in earth. Uh, uh, it helps us adapt and survive. But to thrive, we need our soul eye uh, information. Thrive meaning fulfill our own goals uh, for uh, this lifetime uh, in our destiny path. Hmm. So um, the, the hero's journey uh, is basically can be summarized as saying no to what you're conditioned to say yes to. Uh, and oftentimes the a destiny at least once or twice in anyone depending on doesn't matter how old your soul is is going to involve this kind of conscious choice to commit uh, um, a conditioning suicide yeah uh, and that's the degree i had to do it twice to get mine going because i had to have a completely open unknown way to unfold from the inside instead of start with an outside picture in the medical field, you have an outside picture what that's going to look like. If you're if you're a recording artist and even mildly successful, you have a very conditioned picture of what that's going to look like. What's I had no picture of what it meant to be um, a um, an unfolder of a, a, a brand new paradigm of the uh, human condition. Uh, what does that look like? Um, is that spiritual? Is that temporal? Um, uh, do I need a PhD in philosophy or business to do that? Um, what, what is it that I need? Um, I, I, I should get an honorary PhD for at least one of my books one of these years um, for uh, exper- experience. Uh, but I, all I have is a bachelor's, uh, basically, uh, as a piece of paper. Um, but now, the, To so what yeah. degree, though, to, to what degree, I'm wanting to say, like, 
I, I made a few of those big steps or quitting martial arts for me was another one. I did that for 12 years. I was really good. Oh, I was going to be a yeah. teacher. And yeah, yeah. one night I took a bad fall and it hurt. And I just felt this voice inside me that was like, I can't do this anymore. And yeah. I threw that away, you know, like I really had a lot of talent in it. Um, and then, so even though there were some sort of big rocks that dropped in my twenties, like I still kind of feel like somehow I'm in a permanent state now of discovering what my destiny path is. And is that where you get delivered to where you just get comfortable with leaving more and more of your conditioning behind and realizing that there is no knowing the empty path in front of you. There's just bouncing off of the no rails on either side. And oh, you just, nice. Because that's how it feels. It's like, oh yeah, definitely not that and not that. Well, what then? I don't know. Not that, not that. Well, what then? I don't know. I and mean, that's what my life has felt like for five years, uh, yeah. longer. So is that just how it goes then? Or all I can say, uh, the answer is yes, mostly. Uh -huh. um, I didn't. I didn't have any form, shape, framework, or idea what it meant. What I. What my task was this lifetime until doing exactly as you just said it unfolded in front of me yeah that's because you can't create it anymore no because that would be the condition thing that would be the willful condition thing you just listen and try to exactly. find the middle and so if we if we distill this fair, fairly lofty spiritual context that we're talking about so far we're talking about a person's passion path ah, and yeah. this is this is everyone's um, uh, 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 a question. There are there are two main things when people ask me for reads. It either is either about mating, ma having a mate, or having a passion path. Um, it's always one of the two, and a lot of times it's both. And so these are the two things because the passion path um, is, is that which we're meant to do, our a destiny, and a, a mate is often folded into that because we literally need a co-pilot, uh, basically, uh, to be able to withstand the slings and arrows of fortune and misfortune enough to stay <laughs> on track. Um, so passion path, um, your passion path, you don't find. If you sculpted your way to what you call your passion path with choices and decisions and educations and strategic uh, office uh, uh, politics <laughs> to manifest your CEO dreams or your um, your own private uh, jet. Uh, um, uh, I promise you, it's not your passion path. That's a career, it, not a vocation. Correct. Oh, yeah. nice. Absolutely. I think that's your yeah. distinction from like ten years ago. So well, giving it back to you now. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, but thank you for reminding me. But but the deal is here. Um, you don't find your passion path. Your passion path finds you. And so, as John Lennon said so um, uh, eloquently, uh, um, life uh, uh, is what happens to you when you're busy doing something else, uh, right? Yeah. Or something to that effect. Um, you are on your passion path, Joseph. You are on your A destiny by doing podcasts like this, working with the dozens and dozens of people uh, you do work with, and also at the same time shoehorning in what it means to be Joseph Shapiro. <laughs> uh, uh, the most difficult question of all is always about that's, our own nature. That's right? pretty much how it feels. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just like this podcast, for example, there wasn't, I mean, I think I spoke to this in the very first episode. 
I didn't know why I uh, wanted to do it. I just was sure it had to happen. And I mm -hmm. figured I'd find out why later. And yes. there's already been some emergent things, people showing up, coming on the radar. Um, right. I talk, We talked about the, the gentleman in, in Europe, I think last week or the week before, who showed up. And the conversations I've been having with him have been really cool. And it's like, oh, this is why I did it. This yes. is why we're doing it. Sure. Um, so it's yeah, finding I, us. Think of how many seeds have to be um, uh, sown for to get one or to get a, a crop in a yeah. field. Uh, many more, many, many seeds never germinate, uh, but you've got to do all these, these, uh, this strewing mm -hmm. to get um, a viable um, uh, a community of whatever it is you're, you're planting. So it, your destiny, your passion path, your true passion path, your soul-based passion path isn't created by your conditioning or it's not, and it's definitely not created by strategy. And this is where the difference between choices and de decisions come in. For identity, there's a clear-cut difference. A choice is something that takes you in a new direction for your life, whereas a decision follows a choice that supports or doesn't support the choice you made. Decisions are downline, smaller decisions every day that keep you on track of your choice path. The choice, the choice tree, where the choice, um, where you're on one choice path and you make a choice for a different choice path, that's a choice. Decisions are what you do to support or not support uh, consciously or unconsciously your choice path. So the, all what we started talking about here about guidance for your choice path, we're now come back all the way around to the beginning of the podcast. That all is up to our ability to hear our soul eye. And if we can't, the next best thing is to seek out someone who can hear our soul voice. And that's a sensitive or a diviner. And we're back to the idea here of yeah. does everything that happens uh, supposed to happen? Now I can say, was I supposed to leave school and, and, and set out on a whole new track? Yep, I did. Was I supposed to say no to that interesting um, secondary B, B destiny of a, of a recording artist? Yep, had to say no to that. Uh, everything since then, though, after you make the price you pay for those no's starts to come back to you. And pretty soon on that choice path that you're on, your soul eye has, been, um, has become emergent because you said no to the mind eye's conditioning. For right, you no lose the yeah. You have to lose the the short term mind eye benefit and in, yes. and in, and to in order to receive the, the the seeds that the soul sows. Oh, beautifully said. The the mind eye leads in our conditioned selves, uh -huh. and, and it's got to be displaced. Yeah. Um, there's various and sundry ways to displace the mind eye, um, but uh, uh, the soul eye's voice has to be has to have oxygen in earth in earth not just in spirit, to be able to apply the, the goals we set up for ourselves. And in that way, um, we, uh, we start to reap the benefit because once you make, I made those two huge choice paths would have led to completely different destiny out outcomes, completely. I was pretty good as a musician, not, not the best, but I could get by in a, with someone, a good studio person I could sure, get by. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so what I got out of those two was all I had to do then is make decisions that kept me on that 10 inch choice path. 
Uh. And those decisions were informed by my soul feeling. I could tell. Am I am, am I ten? Am I a whole lay legs length off? Uh, 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 my 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 choice destiny path here uh, at the moment, or am I an inch off? Okay, so sometimes I want to be bad, and I go you know an inch or two off and test that, and then I always find this the center ten inch thing again. Mm. So so you start to reap the benefit. You don't have to make huge choice paths. Those two, those two, and then there's some some important decisions inside whether you're going to stay with a partner or not, um, yeah. uh, uh, whether you're going to raise your, you're going to take the risk of, 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 of paying uh, your last of your savings to rent a space in a bookstore in something 300 miles away and you show up and uh, no one comes to hear your talk, which happened to me too many times to count. Mm. Um, mm. So, so in this way, um, once the, the whole pivot here is, What's the choice you're making to activate, actuate your destiny, your A destiny? You're going to do your C destiny one way or another. For me, the A destiny was this, what we're doing now. Um, the B destiny was the was the music, and the C destiny was the uh, medical uh, uh -huh. thing. And uh, there was no way um, that uh, the medical one would have spoken to me for very long. So I got out, and I, ma I made that decision. This, for all of you out there, makes this sound easy. I made that decision to do to 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 leave the, that that uh, well-worn path, as a, a Thoreau or um, would say. Uh, um, I, I had no clue about what was going to replace it, and you have to jump off a cliff, basically. Yeah, and that's what gives you that soul eye emergence to um, to come into this. That's space. that's the hang up, you know. You you um, whatever you want, you have to pay the price. And I think um, a lot of people, they they of course they want the benefits. They want to be able to do what they love, and they want to meet their soulmate. But the price you have to pay to ante up for that is mm -hmm. making these um, cleaving off these lesser things that don't really feed you, and you got to put yeah. down the teaspoon of that without any hope of ever finding the gallon. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And you're empty handed for a while. And I think that's where a lot of people are, are hung up. And, you know, one of the things I'm getting from this is I, I've, I've projected for a long time, I think, and hopefully we'll soon stop, projected my own uh, choice for that 10 inch path onto other people as if they've done the same. But most people you're saying don't do that. No. So I have this excitement of like come on try the 10 inch path make the hard decisions it's great it's not really great but it's just eventually what everybody has to do um someday some life someday some life yes yeah, see an episode about soul age um yeah. but um that's not for the vast majority of people um but at the same time they're hungry for the benefits of that but they're not yet ready to pay the prices and so yes. their results will be limited because of that yeah and and this is the the um the path of broken dreams and um, broken plans and um but it's really important i'm glad you brought that up forward again is for the vast majority well let's say it the other way what we're talking about here is for is mostly the province of elder souls who don't want to waste any more time they've done all the meandering they've done all the experimenting they've done every form of sexual orientation uh, possible <laughs> to human beings with the exception in, uh, of uh, interspecies uh, mm -hmm. uh, sex um, and uh, everything's you've tried everything and 
you're, you're finally done or you've had some significant lifetimes in the past that you want to build on, like in my case, um, you want to build on the next piece of it. So um, it's all for elder souls. The younger souls, they need a 100 meter or a 10 meter wide path to learn. You've got to learn what doesn't work. All of, all of spiritual growth is about, lear about learning what doesn't work. And then what works finds you at the next moment. Divine being will not give you your compass. You have to be your own compass. But once you find your compass bearing, it will kick in and offer you seductive things that you have to say no to and uh, not so seductive things that you have to say yes to. It kicks in to support us after we plant our flag of destiny in the soil of earth and say, this is me, this is where I'm going, which I have no idea where it goes, but this is where I'm going. Would you call that faith or trust? What would you call that? that Certainly what, not what, faith. What, yeah, what it takes Certainly to be able faith. to do that. It, it's called, um, I guess I guess trust fits, fills the bill, but it's a trust in your own inner voice, which ah. we, course, of course, call the soul eye. It's a trust in your own sobriety of being mm -hmm. that um, many people have to have a long therapeutic path to ever be able to find their self-trust. Yeah. Uh, um, and so this was thrust on me, or I set it up to have it be thrust on me as a person in their 20s to begin this trek, because mm -hmm. the goal was, as I was told by other diviners uh, in my earlier life, Nothing was going to happen until, until I became an older man. Mm -hmm. And um, and so here we are in that uh, uh, twilight for most people's uh, uh, dusk of life. And that whole thing for someone on their destiny path, there is never a dusk of life. <laughs> Every yeah. day is a dawn. Every moment is a dawn as divinity unfolds and your version of divinity unfolds both challenges and rewards. But you've given, you've made the choice to share your personal will 50-50 with divine being, which is really hard. It's really easy to be a narcissist and a, 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 a psychopath, <laughs> let's say, yeah. uh, and my will only, my will only, or be an Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand hero. And it's ridiculously just as easy. Uh, both of these, what they would say is hard to... On the Ayn Rand side, no, it's hard to stay true to your values, you know, without becoming a second-hander or a moocher. If you've uh, never done it before as a soul, it is. But once oh, you've been there and done that, it's like, <sighs> yeah. Let's, mm. Yeah. And, but another person in religionism would say, yeah. it's just as hard to submit to the will of God, you know. Right. Uh, both of those are experienced hard, but both of those are ridiculously easy compared to yeah. learning how to share your will with divine being. And with that, <laughs> to do yeah. that, you've got to have a companion ability with divine being, not just a, 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 a theist in a foxhole yeah. mentality with divine being. Yeah, so every was, moment is a question of uh, what yes. is God's will and what is my will and where do they, am I off track? It, that's it's way every easier moment. to do one or the other. Yeah. And sometimes you have to pedal your bicycle of destiny and sometimes you can coast. Um, it depends mm -hmm. on how much... Um, karmic uh, um, uh, reserve you've got uh, in, the, in the bravery function of your choices, right? Mm. So in this way, um, uh, the whole idea of uh, 
free will versus destiny is an artifact of malconditioning uh, of our species. Uh, it's both, and they are equally appropriate. We set up the destiny. We set up then our feet on the ground expression of that destiny with all of its um, uh, variables. But sometimes shit happens, and well, sometimes, yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Is there an example of a world event, a national news, international news type thing, of something people would know that was not supposed to happen? Well, on that on that level, on that that tier or theater, uh, uh, on that stage of human activity, let me see if I can find one. Uh huh. There's a place in the Akashika for that. A list yeah, of things is. that should not have been. Yeah, um, the invention of the atomic bomb absolutely had to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, World War One and Two had to happen in the modern days. Uh, uh, 9-11 um, was going to happen whether or not uh, that was all in the probability mix of happening. What about the invasion of Grenada? <laughs> nice. <laughs> that I, always I was, seemed kind of strange. <laughs> I was going on a grander um, a grander scale, but no. Oh, that, that, no, but no, no, that fits. That was absolutely completely created by the will of human beings and never intended. Yeah, um, it just seemed completely absurd as opposed to the Bay of Pigs, which seemed like you could feel the necessariness of that. Yes, sure. Uh, uh, Khrushchev was always going to park those uh, those missiles 90 miles from the Florida coast. Um, JFK was always going to do the first passive aggressive thing of the embargo. Mm -hmm. All those those kinds of crises are supposed to happen. Uh, the earth once in a while complies with human destiny arcs and creates earthquakes and floods and horror shows of weather about about three quarters of weather related interruptions of our human lives three quarters are in the system a quarter of weather systems effects on our lives flooding climate uh climate change or not not climate change sorry uh that's a special category uh, but weather really is like flooding that's happening now or um or or running out of water in the west uh yeah um uh or or earthquakes that kill thousands tens of thousands of people um or or nuclear re, uh, nuclear power plant uh, uh um uh meltdowns like what happened in, in the fuji uh Fujiyama, is that in, yeah, in Japan? Yeah, Fuki, Fukuyama, um, I think, in Chernobyl. Fukuyama, Three Mile yes. Island was a really interesting story. Right. Those were all inevitable. Fukushima, Fukushima. Fukushima, thank you. Yeah. Those were inevitable playouts of human will on the planet, not intended ones. We have to qualify this. Uh, uh, there are events that happen that were not meant to happen, but were inevitable going to happen. See, this is the difference between meant to happen relative to a destiny of uh. humankind kind of thing. They are the result of really dark uh, motives and dark competence, incompetencies of human beings that create these kinds of disasters that poison the world. Uh, mm -hmm. The whole climate change thing is not supposed to happen. In a way, it, it is the net result of thousands, hundreds of thousands of decisions by greedy people, uh, greedy human beings to rape the earth without concern for the earth. Yeah. So identity though is not fatalistic. Um, uh, it never says, it says it holds very strongly. Human beings cannot destroy the earth. The earth will shake us off like a, 
a horse hide will shake off a fly. You ever see mm. how, how horses yeah. shake off flies? That's exactly what Gaia will do to us if we don't um, start making a have a, the political and the economic uh, will to uh, make some different choices about uh, our planet. So it's a really complex issue. Um, we've talked around it. We've talked as it. But let, let's recast uh, on our way to close here. Um, mm -hmm. Another dimension of this, Joseph. Um, unless you have something you want to no, add, no, go here. for it. Um, you could say, no matter what um, we set up for ourselves, A, B, or C destiny, what we're trying to do in any one incarnative episode or installment on Earth. Uh, is to maximize three things, beauty, bounty, and meaning. Beauty, bounty, and meaning. Now, it's hard to, to have a, a, a coal miner in Pennsylvania talk to them about beauty, um, but beauty comes in many different forms, not just in the aesthetics, but uh, it's meant to be in the aesthetics. Uh, we're supposed, we want, we, human beings are, are built as in their soul eyes, soul eyes, uh, I, capital I, mm -hmm. um, uh, for beauty um, in our life. And that beauty is not store-bought beauty or economic-bought beauty. It's reflective, inner contemplative forms of beauty that hopefully does also have some playouts. Uh, uh, um, I, I'd love a, a house on an acre one day uh, that uh, is postmodern um, and uh, uh, um, set up for the kinds of things that Bree and I like. We're not greeting. We're not, um, you know, uh, we don't need all the bells and whistles and toys, but something that fits our view of beauty. Um, beauty is, is part of the human condition and all of our lifetime choices, A, B, and C, our lifetime destinies we choose, include beauty not just and different than bounty bounty is sufficiency plus plus one bounty is not just um a getting by but having a little extra to so that money and economics don't become the prime directive of your life to be to have freedom from the slavery to money that's bounty doesn't have to be a billionaire. It just has to be something that fits your, your version of what your life wants to look like. But the big one, those two are sort of side, side beauty and bounty. The central one is meaning. Meaning. You're either, in the, our world today, we're either a, a money first person or a meaning first person. There's lots of variations of this, of course, but to make the point here, the tree of your destiny choices, in like my case, it fits perfectly in some ways, uh, 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 is that that um, the difference between money, a money-based, an economic-based life, and a meaning-based life. If you choose a meaning-based life, you will have sufficient bounty and, and beauty in your life. It may not be all that you want, but you will have it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm a meaning for meaning first person or else I couldn't have made the choices that I did. And I can tell you that at the moment, even though we don't have a whole lot of money, we have beauty and bounty and meaning in our life. If you make meaning the prime directive, you will get, you will draw sufficient beauty and bounty. But if you choose beauty or bounty as your first, 
you will never be able to retrofit meaning into it unless you disassemble your beauty or bounty-based directives. Mm. So meaning first. And what does that mean? What does that mean, the word meaning? You know, by which paradigm's definition of meaning? Sure. Right? And ours is, of course, unfold the soul into the human theater. Unfold the soul into the human theater. And if if you can't hear the voice of your soul eye that wants to tell you what to do about that relationship that you're having trouble with, or it doesn't have to do with that, that, that line of work or career that you're in, or um, what to do with the rest of your life, or what's my passion path, seek out a diviner. Um, you'll have to sort through the charlatans uh, and the tarot card readers and the, the um, bingo, uh, <laughs> the bingo um, Friday night bingo a person mm. uh, saying, um, here, you got red, red 19, you're going to win the uh, $25 tonight, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, seek out a diviner that feels good to you and get some help on amplifying that still small voice that we call the voice of the soul eye. It's got all the information that you put that all that you set up for this life as whatever gender or non-gender or gender orientation uh, identification you've chosen uh it's the secret to you your soul eye and unfortunately our religions and our philosophies and our psychologies have not led us really to a soul eye only kind of led us to absence of negatives rather than presence of positives and that's what identity is about is about not satisfied with the crumbs of an absence of negative in our life but the uh, feast of the presence of the positive and that has to be meaning driven what is my life about what is my life about and by what means do i actuate it that's the best way i can use to um kind of tie this together uh so if you if you have any questions this should spawn a thousand different questions about how it all applies where the rubber meets the road mm. But um, that's the best uh, I can do up to this moment, unless you have a question or something you wanted to add, Joseph. No, I think that's a beautiful way of wrapping up. And um, yeah, just taking that in. That was a dense episode. Last five have been quite dense. Yeah. You know, I think we're getting the hang of it here. Right? <laughs> For sure. Joseph, you know, we both, uh, Joseph and I have a long history. And what we usually do is hype each other into frenzies. You know, uh, that's, what we, <laughs> that's what we do. Um, we start talking and we start bouncing off. And all of a sudden you've got 20 ping pong balls going all off in a four by four, four foot by four foot space. Yeah. And uh, that's what we get amped up on. So I've been noticing in our arc of our podcast that we're getting a little slower and a little mm -hmm. softer. Mm -hmm. And that allows for a different dimension of identity's presentation. Yeah, it seems deeper, more meaningful, uh, more focused without a willful focus intention on it necessarily. <laughs> so yeah, it seems like... Yeah. It's getting the hang of us is more likely. Oh, that's a better way to say it. Sure. We, we, uh, we, have, we usually have a topic picked out uh, uh, for listeners, but we have, we have no investment of what that's going to look like. And yep. that's what makes these things interesting, spontaneous, and real, because nothing's rehearsed here. Uh, we're as bloody transparent as we can be uh, to what we're doing. Well, neither of us can do that anymore. That's the thing. I remember there was, there was sort of a destiny thing. There was a very specific moment in uh, in my teaching uh, development arc where 
I lost the ability to plan what I was going to talk about. And it was quite scary for a few months until I learned to be able to trust like that it would just be okay. Um, and so I'm pretty, I'm I'm quite sure, uh, neither of us could rehearse anything if we wanted to. No, I, you know, the close circle of people when I was uh, in a much more um, prominent role of a, a teacher arc of my life, we'd be uh, setting up or a couple an hour before a, a week long seminar and uh, people would ask me well where's your notes you know <laughs> never never any notes um uh, at, at some point your destiny soul eye takes over and all you've got to do is give it room i'll pick a topic i in the past when i was by myself i'd, I'd pick a topic and then so much of what identity how identity came out is I just opened my mouth and my soul I talked, I gave room for my soul I, and that became identity because I didn't know identity was going to have any of the structure that it has. I didn't know what it was going to teach or not teach. I just opened my mouth, starting with a feeling in my chest. And uh, I linked that to my will and fifth chakra in my throat. And then I opened my mouth and I was off to the races. Yeah. Same principle. Yeah. It's harder in some ways and easier in others. It's just really different. Yeah. So so well, have at it. Uh, you, uh, I do that for um, a lot with people. Give them incarnational reads about their passion path and uh, what they chose to do this life. So if that's helpful to you, one day we'll uh, we as we said before we'll do a call in version. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure out how to do that, and uh, that that's kind of what I do with on Clubhouse with Eric. Um, uh-huh. People ask questions really personal, and they ask um, metaphysical uh, sometimes too, but not very often. Most yeah. of the time, it's personal, and that's yeah. Fine. We, we can absolutely do that here. As, yeah. as people ask for it, we'll respond to that interest. Okay. Well, thank you, Stace, and thank you yeah. all for listening. I have no idea where we're going next, but we do have some questions that uh, Eric um, handed mm-hmm. over to us from uh, from the clubhouse world. And some yes. of them are really cool, like uh, what would an identity-based president look like? Would anyone, and would a healthy person actually want the job? Uh, which is a fascinating <laughs> oh, there's, question. Yeah, there's a, a, the whole thing uh, about uh, uh, the difference between a statement, uh, a states person and a political. And a politician, yeah, right. Uh, and of course, politics have never been as interesting as they are now, perhaps, and they're um, dead-ending a lot of paradigms there. So maybe that'll send us as a foray into politics and economics should biden uh, forgive student loans as he's trying to do right now is it interesting yeah. application well, is that healthy and i think maybe because we've tended to be um well good balance of esoteric and practical uh, mm-hmm. in these podcasts but maybe we can dedicate a few to the the practical uh, because identity has as a spiritual teaching has its in can 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 ident identity eyes any small moment question uh exactly like this should biden have done that what would identity's philosophy say in its application to the human condition uh, i i would love to do that um we might um we might uh, uh um make that our next one uh, let me let me chew on that we'll talk yeah. about it no uh, we'll go from there yeah i'll take any suggestion you have too so yeah yeah, I would love to get practical with that, and and uh, we haven't gone into politics much at all, and that's that's a there's yeah I'd, I'd be fascinated to do that. Okay. So tune in next time for where we'll be talking about who knows what, um, 
Yeah. And uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Stace, for your time and insight. And until later on, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.